But yeah, my, my sermon today, we've been in this series called Navigations, Following God's Course for Your Life. Um, and yeah, we've, been, we've talked in the past about um, how to apply wisdom from the Bible to where you're at in your life. Uh, we've talked about what happens when God is silent and God's not, you don't feel like God's saying anything to you um, or God's telling you to wait. Um, but tonight we're going to talk about um, following God and following God's will for your life. Um, and so first, uh, I haven't spoke to you guys yet. So, I mean, if you've been to church, a lot of preachers like to put up pictures of their family. So I'm, I'm going to do that real quick. Uh, that's my parents. Uh, yeah, that's my mom, Kathy, my dad, John. And um, yeah, I'm an only child and I was adopted too. So that's something you can know about me. And yeah, they just spent their lives taking care of me. And so it's, um, it's pretty cool. And fun fact, they're actually coming, coming down this weekend um, all the way from Kansas. Yeah, um, so we're all excited that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Uh, in my family, anyway, maybe not this Kyle for family, but um, yeah, so it's a, it's a big deal, and we wanted to watch it together. So they're going to come down, and they'll be at the Super Bowl party to watch it with us. But um, yeah, this picture is of when I graduated college, um, and graduation kind of started this journey for me of following God. Um, when I graduated, I had the idea that like the whole world is my playground. I have the whole rest of my life in front of me, and I just want to follow God and serve God and do whatever He asked me to do. And so my heart was really just open to being led by God to do what He wanted me to do. Um, and so that journey has brought has brought me to both coasts and has brought me um, here to to North Carolina um, as a result. And I'm excited to see where the rest of that journey takes me. But um, but I come before you today um, with a burdened heart. My heart. Is, is burdened for, um, for this world, from our, for our country. I feel like our country is drifting away from God. Our country is um, giving themselves into desires and, and temptations that are not from God, um, and it's really heartbreaking. Um, as you guys know, Generation Z is, is rapidly coming, um, coming upon us, um, rapidly coming of age. Um, they're going to be filling our, our colleges. You guys are kind of on the tail beginning of Generation Z, but also on the end of Millennials. It's this weird in-between generation. Um, yeah, Generation Z is coming, and they are one-fourth of the, of the population um, of the United States. And so in the next 10 to 15 years, they will, all, they will be defining what culture is. Um, however, the sobering thing is that two-thirds of gener- Generation Z are not Christians, and they reject the idea that Jesus is the Son of God. This is troubling, especially when in 10 to 15 years, they're going to be our culture. Um, right now, there are 73%, 73% of Americans identify with some type of Christianity, whether it be Catholicism or Evangelicalism or whatever um, form of Christianity they identify with. However, by the year 2050, it'll drop to, to 53%. Um, and so, and so the, in the greatopportunity.org uh, estimated that by the year 2050, there'll be 30 million young people that walk away from their faith in Jesus. Well, it's 1 million people a year. Um, and so this is, this is a problem, and these people are leaving for a reason. Um, they're searching for something genuine and real. They're searching for an encounter with God, and our churches just aren't giving it to them. Um, and they're not, they're not being, being open to that. Um, there is a, and they're, they're also the first generation to grow up with a screen in front of them, um, which has led to increased anxiety, increased depression. In fact, there was one study at a high school in Dallas, Texas, um, a big high school, around 2,000 students, and um, they found out that 85% of their students that went to their high school had shown signs of depression in the past year, as well as 45% of the students had had suicidal thoughts within the past year. Uh, and so, 
and this problem just doesn't isn't just in our high schools it's in our colleges as well i mean here at unc there are so many people who struggle with anxiety struggle with depression it's a big deal and it's good that it's that it's getting the attention that um that it, that it deserves um, but we can do more um, and so the solution i believe can only come from an act of god only god can work in this and only god can provide a way out for students um, and even though some students are, are leaving the faith, one million students a year are leaving the faith, I believe that um, God, is still, um, God is still working. God is still growing the church. I believe that he's, that he's purifying the church. That even though people are leaving, I feel like the church is coming to a more full sense of what it means to follow God and what it means to be led by his spirit. Um, and, in, and in Chi Alpha, we need to be the example that they're looking for. We need to be the example that the students who are outside these walls um, who aren't here, that, that they're looking for. They're looking for something genuine and real, and we can provide that for them through, um, through God, through the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to talk about, I want to talk about three things. Um, I want to talk about three, three ways, kind of like a, like, a, like a step-by-step list of how you can follow God um, and what He has for you. Um, the first is surrender, and the second is listen, and the third is obey. Um, but first, in order to follow God, you have to surrender your heart to God. You have to give your heart fully to God. And in order to do that, you first have to believe that God is good. If you don't believe that God is good, then you're not going to follow God. You're not going to trust the plans that He has for your life. Um, you have to trust that He has a good plan for you, that He is a good Father. Um, the, the first Bible verse I want to talk about today is Jeremiah 29, 11-13, um, where God says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Isn't that pretty cool that the God of the universe um, knows the plans that he has for you? And he even says that when you seek him out, he will be found by you. You can find God when you seek him out. Um, right now in our, in our, in our American society, um, there's been a new term that's come up called cultural Christianity. If you haven't heard about that term, what that means is it's, it's a term for, for people who believe in God but don't really follow him with their actions. Or they just go to church on Sunday and, and they don't do anything about it. They hear the message, but they don't do. Um, and a lot of times these people are trying to live their lives the way that they want to, and they're trying to insert God back into their own life. They're not trying to um, surrender their life to God and follow what he says. They're trying to make Christianity convenient for themselves. However, we need to stop trying to fit God into the plans that we create for ourselves. Rather, we need to um, create our plans around God. We need to create our plans around the God who, who cares about us, God who loves us, God who knows what's best for us. Uh, create our plans around a good God. Um, another thing in order to hear from God um, and in order to surrender, you have to want to. You have to want that. If you don't want to surrender your life, then you're not going to be following God. You have, to, you have to truly desire in your heart to do the things of God in order, um, in order to, to follow Him successfully. Um, I believe that on our own, if we were just to go to church, church a lot um, on Sundays, if we join the worship team, if we serve, I feel like we could we can make an impact for God. We can make, make a difference in the kingdom if we do what we want to do when it's convenient for us. However, I believe that we can make a much bigger impact for God if we were fully submitted to His will to do what He wants us to do. If we, if we listen, if we're constantly listening to God and dying to ourselves, like, 
like the Bible asks us to, then we can do so much for God. We can clear our schedules for God. We can, we can donate more of our money to God. We can do all these things for God, but it starts with our desire. It starts with our, our willingness, our wanting to follow God. If we don't want it, then, then we're not going to do it. So are you, are you willing to surrender your ideas for a future, for God's ideas for your future? Are you willing to, to surrender for that? Um, and the third thing in surrender, before you surrender your life to God, before you decide to fully follow God, you have to, you have to count up the cost. You have to know that it actually comes at a burden. It actually comes at a great cost to you. Um, so what, what does Jesus truly require and ask his followers to do? Well, we can gain uh, one insight from uh, Luke 9, verses 57 to 62. And it says, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. And, but he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those in my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, on first glance, this passage can seem very crazy. Like, these, these people's requests, they're not, they're not bad requests. They, they have things that they want to do. But Jesus said, in order to follow me, you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to give up what, what plans you have, what things that you want to do. It seems like Jesus was kind of persuading them to not follow him in a, in a sense. But when we look at the first guy, um, he says, Jesus, I will follow you wherever. I'm ready to go. You know, take, take me wherever. And, but Jesus knew the true intentions of his heart. He knew that he was comfortable at home. He knew that he had a place that he had made for himself that he wasn't willing to leave. And so he basically said to him, you have your place where you fit in. And you're not wanting to leave that. You have, you, you have your den. You have your hole. Um, and so he, he knew his heart. And the, but the second guy, he said, uh, he said I'll, Jesus, I'll follow you. I'll do whatever it takes. You know, I'll go wherever, wherever you want me to. And he said, no, let me first go bury my father. Now, on the front, that doesn't seem like a bad request. Like, oh, like my dad died. I want to go bury him. But knowing the true intentions of his heart, um, Jesus said, um, Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. He's basically saying, like, the things that you have to do back at home, the things you've filled up your time with are, are, are worthless right now because I am here and you need, you need to follow me. You need to leave all the tasks that you have to do behind in order to follow me. And, and the final guy, he said, I'll, I'll follow you, Jesus, but first let me say, say farewell to my family. Let me, let me tell them goodbye. Um, but Jesus said, if you, if you look back at your old life, if you look back to the work that you've been doing, then, then it's, it's worthless. You need to give up your life and follow me. So what we can conclude from this passage is that following Jesus requires our total devotion to him. We have to be all in or all out. There's not a whole lot of room to be, to be compromising in that. Um, either we're in or we're out. Following Jesus is serious. It's the biggest decision that you will make in your life. It will define the rest of your life. You will go about the rest of your life changed because of your decision to follow Jesus or not. It determines your whole morality. It determines the way you interact with others. Um, it determines everything. Um, and, it, and, and that's the cost of it. It costs you something to follow Jesus. It costs the desires that you want out of life. Um, and if we don't die to ourselves and follow Jesus, then billions, 
will not hear the gospel. There are billions of people in the world that do not know the gospel, and if we aren't willing to lay down our lives and, and not do the things that we want to do in order to follow Jesus, then those people will not hear it. Then there will be people in the world that, that Jesus wants us to connect to that we just won't be connecting to. So the, so the question that we can, that we can conclude um, with all this is, is Jesus worthy of your all? Is he, is he worth it? Is he worth the cost of following him? Um, before, before I move on to how to listen for God to speak, I want to talk about um, a couple things that I'm not saying. So there's a couple things that um, I don't want you to get, get the wrong idea about. And the first is that I don't want you to, say, um, to think that you have to leave your career, that you have to drop out of UNC, that you have to switch your major, um, that you have to do all these things to follow God. Um, because God may not ask you to do that. You know, God may not ask you to drop out of UNC to go, to go serve across the world. God may not ask you um, to, um, to, to do that. So um, God calls people into the marketplace. He calls people into different businesses. Um, he calls people into different jobs. He may ask you to switch your major, but he might not. Um, he may ask you to go work at a certain company after you graduate. You may have like three companies lined up that you want to go work at. Um, and Jesus may ask you to go work at the one that pays you less because there might be a manager there that needs to hear about him and that you will go impact. Amen. And so there are things that, that Jesus knows about that he has, is divinely setting you up for appointments that you don't know about. Um, and so, some, so sometimes Jesus works like that as well. Um, and so, but in the end, we're all missionaries. No matter where Jesus takes us in our life, we all... Um, have to have to act as missionaries. You're not just a missionary if you go to another country and, and serve God. You're not just a missionary if you are on staff at Chi Alpha. You're a missionary if you go work uh, at, an, at an accounting firm or if you go work at any, any sort of business that you want to work at uh, in the future. Your mission is where your feet is, where God leads you to. Um, so after, we, after we're ready to surrender our life to God, we must then listen for God to speak. Um, but first, you have to listen to the right voice. There are all these voices in our culture that are telling us to do different things. Everyone has something to say, but not everything is about Jesus. Not everything is about following Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Um, they add Jesus to everything. They say, um, do what makes you happy, and Jesus will provide for you. If you believe in Jesus, then, then you, can, you can live a good life. Then, you, then he'll, he'll give you all this money. He'll give you a nice job with, with a nice family. But, that's, um, but that's, that's not what it's about. They're trying to fit Jesus into their own narrative. They're trying to build their own life and then fit Jesus into it and, and trying to say where, where Jesus is, is working. However, the Bible tells us that it is the voice of God that we should be listening to, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it is only through the Holy Spirit, um, it is only the Holy Spirit that we should be listening to, only that voice. Um, so the Holy Spirit is vital to our ability to hear the voice of God. We receive the Holy Spirit when we first believe in Jesus and we confess Him as Lord. Um, that's a basic doctrinal statement of, of pretty much all of Christianity. When you believe in Jesus, you will receive the Holy Spirit. You will receive um, you'll, you'll receive him, and he will begin to work in your life. Um, however, the Holy Spirit is not passive. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop when you first believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants a relationship with you. He wants to lead you throughout your life. He wants to continue to talk to you to help you out in navigating the world around us. Um, he wants to help, help you um, take the mission of Jesus seriously so that we can impact our communities and impact our university, so that we can impact the world. Um, through that. Uh, it's, it's how God communicates to us still today. 
Um, so uh, Jesus recognized the need for the Holy Spirit in our lives, actually. Um, John 14, um, 16 to 17, um, covers a, the, the, some of the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples um, before, before his death. And he said, uh, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So he's saying that even though the Holy Spirit dwells in you now, there will be, there will be one, uh, even though I'm with you, then the Holy Spirit will, will come after I die. Uh, he says that you need this helper because when I die, I won't be around anymore, and you need someone to help, help lead you through your life. Um, and Jesus even said that it was better for him to go away until, and so, so that the Holy Spirit can come. So he said that it was important, important for that. Um, and in the next couple chapters later, he says in John, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So Jesus is saying that it was better, he was telling his disciples it was better for him to go so that the Holy Spirit could come into their lives and help lead them on, on their quest as they follow Jesus um, throughout their lives. Um, and so in order to follow God effectively, we need to listen to this voice. We need to listen to this gift, this tool that Jesus has given us um, to help us as we, as we follow him. Because um, the Holy Spirit wants to help us. Um, he wants to bless us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to heal us, to restore us. Um, and, he wants to, and, and he wants to lead and guide us throughout our lives. Um, and so because the Holy Spirit is important, um, we need to figure out how he speaks to us today. So we know that he is here. We know that he wants to speak to us, but how? How can we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Um, I can pot a list of things that, that I've heard about, of how the Holy Spirit talks, um, talks to you today. Um, and I just, I, some of these, um, the Holy Spirit talks to me through, and some of them they don't. Um, but here's just a list of, of ways that he talks to different people. Um, and I also, also just want to say, um, I'll, I'll be telling stories about how uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me personally. And I don't want it to seem like I'm some sort of super Christian or that, um, that I'm so cool because I can listen to the voice of God. Everyone can be, listen, can be able to listen to the voice of God. I just want to say these things to, to build God up and to give you um, an idea of how God can speak to you. So um, the, the main way that, God, that the Holy Spirit um, speaks to you is through a, a still, small voice. Now, what is this voice? Well, it's, it's hard to... Um, it's hard to describe, but it's just that voice in the back of your head that, that like when you know you need to do something or maybe you're walking along, um, walking to class and you just like hear this voice saying like, go do this or, or like saying, um, just like saying something to you. Like this is like uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit and it can come when you ask for it and it can come when you don't ask for it. So you can, you can ask like God, like, what do you want me to do today? Like, what do you want me? Is there anyone in my class you want me to reach out to? Is there anyone around me that needs prayer right now? Um, and maybe the Holy Spirit will say, like, like this person, or they'll single out someone to you. And that'll be one of the ways um, that the Holy Spirit talks to you. But also, like, the Holy Spirit can talk to you in this still, small voice when you, when you don't ask for it as well. Um, for instance, uh, um, do you guys remember a couple months ago, uh, it was, like, National Coming Out Day, and the pit was, like, full of, um, full of people in support of the, of the Pride movement? Um, and they were, um, yeah, they were just, like, raising awareness um, for pride. I remember that um, when I was coming to campus that day, I was going to go to, to XA Lenore on Friday. Um, and I was going to walk through the back door of, of Lenore. 
And I remember as I was going there, um, I just hear this voice in my head and it says like, no, go, go through the pit, like go around. So I'm like, okay. So I went around and um, as I was walking around, I saw the event that, that was going on. And um, I remember this, uh, this little girl, she was about 10. She comes out, to, she runs out to me. And she's like, can I have a hug? And I'm like, yes, of course you can have a hug. And so I gave, I gave her a hug and it filled me with joy. You know, I was happy as a result of it. And um, I just remember walking away and remembering God, God speak to me, the Holy Spirit speak to me. He said, like, if, if, if these people can, can love, love this campus so well, then like, where, where are my Christians at? Like, where are my followers at? Like, why, why are we not organizing these big events to go hug students on campus and, and, and tell them that they, they can do it, you know, to encourage them? And so that's, uh, that was like, that was like convicting to me you know i was like man we need to do better we need to go we need to like go reach this campus and so it helped set my heart on fire so this voice of the holy spirit led to my um, greater desire to want to to want to outreach to people on this campus um secondly is signs and wonders um these these can can sort of go hand in hand but um sometimes there are there are consistent signs that god will give you throughout your life that that kind of kind of mean the same thing um in my life it's it's deer whenever i see a deer um, I think that God is with me. Um, there have been times in my life where I felt like alone, where I felt helpless, and I'll just be out in nature and I'll see a deer. And that's like God saying, like, I, I am with you. And so throughout my life, whenever, um, whenever I see one, that's what I think. So that's a sign for me to know that, that, that God is with me, that God is speaking to me, saying, I'm, I'm with you, Tyler. Um, but also there, there can be signs that are, that are inconsistent as well. Uh, I remember my my call to college ministry. Um, I remember it pretty 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 vividly because um, God God just showed up. So I was um, I was at I was working at a summer camp. Um, I remember that I just I just quit my job because uh, I was I was the manager of a video rental store. Like they still have those, like a blockbuster. Um, but yeah, I was, I was a manager, and I just felt like I needed to do ministry with my life. You know, like I didn't want to be cooped up in this like in this building for forty hours a week where I could be out there reaching people. You know, um, and so I, I quit the job and I worked at I worked at the summer camp for summer as a way to just to get away, to get away from it all, to um, to focus on God and see where He wants me to go with my life. And I remember when I got there, I, um, a lot of the staff were college students. And so I, I was reminded about how, about the desire that I had for these college students to see them, um, like we all come together for a summer and create this community where we're all focusing on God and worshiping God. And then, um, and I just remember like, God, like maybe I could work with college students. Like maybe I could do college ministry, but I hadn't told anyone that yet. And so uh, I remember it was after a it was after um, a dinner. We had a cookout. Uh, we had two fire pits uh, in front of us, just right, just right out here. And um, I remember that me and this guy were doing a one-on-one before our, our worship night, before our service at night. And both the fires there had like embers in them, and they weren't they weren't lit up at all. You know, they were just just kind of left over from from the cookout. And um, we we're we we're talking about life. And he he looks to me. His name is Trentel, and he said. You know, Tyler, what is what does God want you to do with your life? What do you feel like He's calling you to do? And so, for the first time, I, I told someone what I what I felt like, and he said, and I said, you know, I think I think God wants me to do college ministry. And like all of a sudden, like one of those fires just like lit up, and just one of them, not two of them, just one of them, and it just like it was just like all of a sudden on fire, as if the fire had never gone out. Um, and so we just like looked at each other, like what the heck? Like this is <laughs> like this is so crazy, you know? Like what? It's on fire! And so he's like, he looks at me, he's like, I think you're supposed to do college ministry. And I'm like, I think, <laughs> I think you're right, you know? I think you're right. And um, and after a couple, we walked over, and it was like not hot or anything, and it was it was um, 
it was pretty cool. And then a couple minutes later, and it was gone. It was back to embers again. And um, I remember we went to that to that worship night, and the guy um, who who preached gave a sermon, and it was about it was about Elijah and how there he was defending God, and he was uh, he was defending all these um, he was um, trying to. Uh, argue against all these prophets that were saying that God isn't real. And he said, I, God is real. I can prove it to you. And so he sets up this altar, pours water on it, pours sticks all over it, and um, and he lights it up and just sets it on fire, even though it was covered in water. And that was the sermon for the night. And I was like, that literally just happened to us. Like, we just, like, looked at each other. We we're just like, are you kidding me? Like, that's, like, that's called confirmation, you know? And so and so it was pretty cool. And, and so it was from that moment I knew I needed to do college ministry. And so that was, like, a sign. That was a wonder that that God displayed for me. And then um, images and visions. Um, after that, after that um, fire, um, I started praying. I was dating, I was just starting to date Marissa at the time and I told her about it. And yeah, so um, yeah, I told her about it and she's like, well, we need to start praying. Like, where does God want us to go? And I was like, I don't know. So, um, so she was praying about it one, one time and God, she felt like God gave her an image of, of the state of Washington. And so we're like, well, that's, that's a start, you know, like that's not, not everything. We can just need more consistency than that. So a couple of days later in her prayer time, she got an image of a bunch of letters, you know, just like, like a B and L, like H, M, like what, a, just a, some random letters. Um, and so she told me about it. I'm like, well, we need this research. Like where, where are some college towns in Washington that have, that match these letters, you know? And so it was like a little puzzle. And so we, we looked it up and there was a town called Bellingham and it was like perfect. You know, it was like a college town. There was a university in it and, um, they had a Chi Alpha in it, which is what Marissa was familiar with from her time in college. And so, um, it was like, it was like pretty much perfect. And so we, we took that as, oh, that's where God wants us to go. And so, um, yeah, so God can also uh, speak to other people as well. Um, I remember af- after that moment, we went, uh, we started telling our families, like, you know, after the summer, uh, Marissa had a, had a semester of school left. So she's, uh, she said, after I'm done with graduating, like, next, uh, um, starting next spring, I'm going to go to Washington. And I was telling my parents, I'm going to go to Washington next spring, too, you know, when she's done graduating. And I remember I was talking with her dad one time about it, um, one-on-one. And so he wanted to talk to me one-on-one about it. And um, he voiced his concerns, um, very strong concerns, and um, and then he, then in, in the middle of it, he he, uh, he saw me. He said, "You know, I feel like I wasn't planning on saying this to you today, and uh, I feel like God wants me to tell you something. And um, it's not my own thought because I wouldn't tell you this, but I feel like God wants me to tell you this." And he said, um, "Like, why are you waiting for for Marissa to um, to graduate before you go? Like, if God's called you to go, why don't you just go?" And I was like, "You know what? You're right. Like." Why, why would I wait? You know, God called me to go, go to Washington. Why would I wait to go? And so, um, so I went back and I told Marissa, I'm going to Washington. And I told my parents, I'm like, in, in three weeks, I'm moving to Washington. And so uh, I didn't really, didn't have a job, didn't have a place to live. Um, I was planning on sleeping out of my car and I didn't have a whole lot of money either, but I went out there and, and God provided for me while I was out there. So, um, yeah, God can use other people to speak to you as well. Um, uh, you can also use the Bible. I mean, the Bible is the literal written word of God. Um, the Holy Spirit inspired people to write it, and so the Holy Spirit can speak to you through it. Um, you can learn from the stories in the Bible from people who have been through similar situations, um, and it gives a lot of wisdom for our lives now. Um, God speaks to people through dreams. Uh, speaks to Marissa a lot through dreams. Um, I don't get spoken to through dreams, um, just like Brooke was saying um, a couple weeks ago, and um, yeah, so um, you can be looking out for that. And then some people hear the audible voice of God. Um, it's very rare. It doesn't happen a whole lot. 
Um, it's never happened to me. Um, people have said um, it's happened to them a couple times in their life. But like you know, and you know that's the voice of God. And so, um, if you have want any insight on that, then you can like Google it. You can ask people who have had that experience. But um, yeah, so that's another way that God speaks to you. But but in the end, God speaks to everyone differently. You know, like. He doesn't use all these things to speak to me. He won't use all those things to speak to you. But God will find a way to communicate with you, and you just need to listen. You need to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. But I, I can tell you that God will speak, the Holy Spirit will speak to everyone through that still, small voice. We all have that in the back of our conscience. Um, we all get, we all can recognize it as soon as we um, make that decision to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into us, and we can listen, everyone can listen to that voice. And that's the main way that, that the Holy Spirit guides us throughout, um, throughout our life. Um, but, and also I just want to encourage you, like, don't limit God. Don't, um, he can do far more than what you think is capable. He's so good and he's so great and he can, he can light up fires. He can, he can speak to you. He can speak through people who, um, who are just, just voice their concerns with you. You know, like he can, he can use anyone and anything to speak to you and you just need to, um, be ready for that. Um, but the third, third and final thing is that we have to be obedient when the Holy Spirit um, tells us to do something. So we know now that the Holy Spirit will tell us to do things, but we need to be obedient in that. It all starts with trust. Uh, we just need to trust that a good God will tell us to do good things, that God will never lead us astray. He'll never tell us to do things that are too hard for us, things that, that we can't handle ourselves. He will always be there to, to provide for us and, um, and, and to be there as we, as we follow him with our lives. I mean, the staff are, are living examples of this. I mean, we all feel called to be here at UNC um, to reach out to college students here. Um, we left our careers. We left jobs in the real, in the real world. Um, we left stable paychecks so that we can come reach out to students here. Um, and God's providing for us. I mean, people um, are giving us money every month so that we can stay here, so that we can follow God here. And so um, if you want an example of that, like God will provide for you um, throughout your life when you, when you decide to follow Him. Um, and once you follow God in the big things, um, or... You, all, you need to follow God in the big things, but you also need to follow Him in the little things, too. It's not just about what you're going to do with your life. It's about what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do when you're done here? Is there anyone that God wants you to pray with tonight? Is there anyone that God wants you to talk to in class tomorrow? Are there people, as you are walking along the sidewalks of this campus, are there people that you need to stop and say, like, hey, God loves you, you know? Like, or, hey, can I pray for you today? So um, you need to, um, so there's just the big things and the little things is what God will ask us to do. Um, so yeah, allow him to lead your everyday interactions with people. Um, and so there's an example of this. Last week, Tom and I were, were doing outreach on campus and we we're trying to recruit for our life group and that we're, that we're starting. And I remember we, we asked God, we said, God, just like give us an image of a person that you want us to talk to, you know, like lead us to someone that, that may need to, that needs to know about you. And so Tom got this image of, of a guy in like an army green jacket, army green shirt and, and like short blonde hair and. Um, I got an, I got an image of a guy in shorts with some like lime green on him, and so we're just walking around campus, and we see this guy with shorts, lime green socks, uh, and also has a green shirt and like blonde hair, like short blonde hair, like exact exact description of the, of the two of ours of our things, and we go up and talk to him, and, I, and we're just like, hey, you know, like I'm Tyler, this is Tom, and um, actually I think Dave and I wouldn't talk to him, but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so yeah, Dave and I are talking to him, and we're like, hey, like what do you believe in God? 
and he's like he starts talking to us he's like you know i go to god i go to church every sunday and i've been trying to get connected with a group but i haven't found one and and i want to i want to start learning more about god but i just can't i just haven't found anyone to do that with you know and we're just like boom like this is like <laughs> like i'm actually a christian like let's let's talk and so like we're going to meet up this week and we're going to talk about god and we're going to talk about Chi alpha and um see if he wants to get connected with us and so that that's pretty cool um god and god wants to do that through you but you have to you have to seek him out you have to seek out and you have to be willing to to do what he asks you to do and so um yeah so and it, it starts with the small things too um when you trust god in the small things then you can learn to trust god in the big things as well and when you trust that god will lead you to the person that you can pray for him then you'll trust that he will lead you throughout your life and he will take care of you with the rest of your life. And so it starts small. You don't have to just jump right in. But if you trust him to um, have you pray, pray for someone, then you can trust him down the road with other things. It builds up your faith over time. And the more you do it, the better you, you will get at hearing his voice. You don't, I mean, you're just not, you're not a good sports player when you just start out. You know, we're not that good at volleyball when we just start, off, start out in it. But if we play more, the more we play, the more we're consistent in it. We build up those skills. And the same is true with the Holy Spirit. The more we listen to the Holy Spirit, the more we follow the Holy Spirit, the better we'll be at listening to the Holy Spirit and the better we'll be at following the Holy Spirit. And so my passion is to see um, your generation and the generation that's coming transformed and reconciled back to Jesus. Um, I want to see students impact the, our university, the marketplace, and the world for Jesus. It's our job to reverse these trends that we are experiencing uh, in our culture. And it, and it starts with us. They're they're watching us. They're gonna be they're gonna be coming to to college in the next couple of years. They're gonna be watching the way that we live out our faith. They're gonna be watching the way that we follow God. And so we need to be the the example that Jesus wants us to be in living out our faith. Um, and so, in a couple of minutes, um, we're gonna open up the altar. And that's just a that's just a fancy word for saying like there's space up front for you to come seek out Jesus. There's space up front for you guys to ask, ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? What do you want for my life? Um, and so uh, it serves as a, as a physical symbol or an action. Stepping forward is a sign saying like, Jesus, I'm, I'm yours. I'm stepping forward into your will, into your promise. Um, the worship team will play a couple more songs. Um, the staff will be available to pray for you um, if you want as well. Or staff, if you, want, if you need to step forward too, or if you need to, to pray, you can do that as well. Um, but don't worry about anyone else in the room, what anyone's doing. It's, this is about you, about you and Jesus. It's about your time. Um, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. But the altar is for everyone. If you, wanna, if you aren't a follower of Jesus and you want to give your life to him for the first time, then you can do that. Um, if you have accepted Jesus, but maybe you want to rededicate your life to him, you can do that as well. Um, if you want guidance on a future uh, on your future or a decision that you have to make coming up, like you can seek out God, you can seek out the Holy Spirit with that. Um, yeah, you can just come and listen to what the Holy Spirit wants you to say or wants to say to you. But I want to make something I want to make something clear first. You don't have to come up here to follow God. Like you don't have to be at the front to prove to God that you are wanting to follow Him. You can you can choose to make that decision wherever you want. You can sit in your seat. You can get on your knees and pray. Um, you can stand where you're at. You can go to the corner of the room. You can do whatever you need to do, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, but uh, if you want to follow God, um, even if you already are, um, then 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 take this opportunity to do so. Um, 
and God won't look at you differently if you don't do it. Um, he won't. Um, he won't be mad at you. But um, he wants to. He wants. He has. I believe he has something to say to all of us tonight. And so, um, if you just open up your hearts to hear what he has to say to you, then I feel like God can move in this room tonight. Um, but however you decide to respond, you can also be listening to God to see if maybe he wants you to speak to someone else tonight. Like maybe he says like. Like, Tyler, go speak to this person. Go pray with this person in the room. Um, go tell this person that I love them. Or go tell this person um, Go tell this person something. Or maybe he wants you to come to the front and speak it out in front of, the, of our entire group. Um, if he wants you to do that, you can come to me, and then I can, I can help you out with that um, as well. But, yeah, like that, uh, that opportunity, that invitation is open whenever not just tonight, but just any night that we do Chi Alpha, you can always, like, if you feel like God is trying to tell you something, to tell the group, you can come up and share share it with the group. But this is your time to spend with God. Um, and so um, do it how you need to do it. Um, I want to leave you with this verse from Jeremiah again. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will call on me, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you speak to me with all your heart. Altar is open. <laughs>